You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and I have a huge announcement to make. I am running for office. Uh, so if you've been following my radio program at all, uh, it's true. I am uh, specifically running for the Grossmont Union High School Board. And if you want to support my campaign, uh, you can go to kevinconover.com. And uh, I wanted to start off this, uh, I want to talk a little bit about why I want to, uh, I'm running for the school board. Uh, I am a teacher, and, uh, but I wanted to read this article from The Atlantic as we start off here. It's, uh, the title of the article is Money Won't Keep Teachers in Schools. And it says here, at every stage, getting and keeping teachers in U.S. classrooms has become a challenge. Longtime teachers are retiring while mid-career and novice teachers are leaving for other pursuits. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, 8% of the men and women teaching in public schools during the 2011-2012 school year left the profession the next year, and fewer young people are signing up to spend time in classrooms in the first place. And then it goes on and it says, the author says here that she interviewed uh, a bunch of teachers and uh, basically the reasons they gave for why they're leaving is a lack of support from school and district administrators, lawmakers, and the community more broadly came up most frequently as a rationale for leaving. In fact, many of the men and women who leave teaching actually take pay cuts, said Joy Deep Roy, a senior economist at the Independent Budget Office of New York City, who has studied where teachers go when they leave education. Many become librarians, cashiers, secretaries, or even clergy members, often suffering in terms of earnings. Uh, Dulce Marie Fletcher spent five years in a classroom, three of them teaching some of New York's most disadvantaged kids, but this fall, she isn't headed back to school. She just started a job at a nonprofit earning less than she could make as a senior teacher instead. Why'd she quit? I'm trying to think of a good summarizing reason, she said, but honestly, there are more reasons to leave than there are to stay in education right now. At a certain point, you kind of have to pay for your own sanity, you know? Fletcher regularly worked 10 or even 12 hours, meaning she rarely saw her boyfriend and couldn't see how she'd start the family she envisioned. She frequently spent her own money on supplies for her students, even when she wasn't technically working. Fletcher stressed about meeting what seemed to be a constantly shifting set of standards and felt pulled in all directions by parent and student expectations that varied wildly from district and school expectations. There were a lot of different voices in my ear at the same time, Fletcher said. Running on pure passion just wasn't sustainable. There's the, there's this sort of unsaid expectation that teachers should be happy to give up so much time and money out of love for children, Fletcher said. More money and mentorship might keep some people in the profession longer, she added, but novice teachers need honest advice about the demands they will face. I don't think anybody told me I was going to cry under my desk. Ouch. 
that's especially true for people who don't study education in college and instead end up in classrooms through programs like Teach for America, which allows for just several months of training instead of four years. After studying political science, Matt Brown was dispatched through the program to an inner-city New Orleans school to teach fourth grade. He lasted one year before leaving for a desk job in human resources. I made $4,000 more and worked half as much, he said. Nobody cussed at me. Nobody tried to choke me. I didn't go home crying. Nearly all of his students were low income, and he found himself trying to address myriad non-academic needs without adequate support or training. More professional development might help, he said, but I don't think that would have been enough to keep me there. Brown didn't see a clear career trajectory, and work-life balance was elusive, which made imagining a rewarding future in teaching difficult. Most of the people he started teaching with left the profession, too, he said. Raheem Jarbo, who became a teacher through a similar initiative in Philadelphia after majoring in English, taught for about nine years, but also ultimately left to pursue a rap career under the name Mega Ran. It wasn't the students that prompted him to switch careers, he said. It was the administration. I miss the students a lot. As an African-American man, he felt pressure from mentors and others to stay and serve as a role model for the young boys of color in his classroom, who saw a few others teach teachers like him, he said, but he felt stifled creatively creatively, and navigating relationships with administrators who seemed more concerned about passing grades and test scores than learning, and with parents who either couldn't or wouldn't become involved proved tricky. I've got a few more. A uh, little more. Uh, uh, that's one of my guests there. He's... Uh, He's uh, uh, Camilo. You got that phone there? Yeah, it's good. It's gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this I know this article's long. I'll get to you in just a second there. <clears throat> More than eighty percent of teachers are female, and some parents said they were uncomfortable with a man teaching their young children. He recalled. I don't remember a whole lot of community support, he said. After several years in the classroom, Avakian decided to become a lawyer after an enjoyable stint as a juror. His hours are just as long now, and he misses having a summer break, he said, but the hours teaching were far beyond the 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. time frame, many, many people assume, and not teaching in the summer meant he often went a month or two with no paycheck. Some teachers enjoy time off in the summer, Michel, the study author, said, but one person's leisure is another person's forced unemployment. And many teachers teach summer school, find other temporary work, or go to trainings and conferences during the summer, so the idea that teachers are just lounging around isn't accurate. Even teachers who studied education in college and have spent decades in classrooms say the recent emphasis on teaching to the test and incorporating an ever-changing array of technology into their work has become too draining. Beth Duke, who spent 22 years in classrooms, most of them in Texas, said that she knew it was time to leave in 2013 when she felt like she was being asked to devote more of her attention to bureaucracy than to helping children learn and grow. It just wasn't what teaching used to be for me, Duke said, of the years following Common Core's implementation implementation as states even those like texas didn't adopt the the standards emphasized preparing kids for tests money wasn't a factor in the decision she said adding that she spent hours at ikea buying supplies to make her classroom inviting and that she was even happy to spend 60 to 65 hours each week making sure kids were learning i poured my heart into teaching she said but pressure to focus on test scores and what seemed to be a change in classroom technology every time she left uh, she had a grasp of the previous infrastructure got to be too much. I often thought if that I could combine what I know as an educator with somebody who had a better grasp of the technology, the two together could make a fantastic teacher, she said, adding she's a little worried that younger generations of teachers rely so much on technology that they don't necessarily have a full understanding of what good, good curriculum looks like. Duke now works with her husband, who owns a medical group, giving presentations and trainings. 
I think you're born a teacher, she added. I think that will always be around. But Duke, Duke thinks more teachers would stay, she said, if government could find its way out of the classroom so it could go back to being about people who understand how to educate. While most of the people interviewed for this uh, story expressed mixed emotions about leaving the classroom, relief at escaping some of the stress, a longing to continue facilitating uh, the, the moment kids finally grasp a new concept, a few said they're happy to be done. And we'll end with this guy's uh, this guy's complaint here. Now, this guy isn't isn't uh, you know necessarily the standard to hear, but um, there are a lot of teachers that feel this way. Uh, it's an unequivocal no," said John T., a former teacher with a master's degree in education who did not want to use his last name and who now works in construction uh, in South Carolina, making nearly double what he earned in the classroom. When asked whether he missed teaching. He spent years teaching in inner-city Charlotte, he said, and thinks safety nets have been cut to the point that parents are forced to work multiple jobs to pay the bills and leave much of the raising of their kids to relatives or other siblings. When I was in eighth grade, I took an aptitude test, and it told me I'd make a good social worker. By the time I got done teaching, that's pretty much what I felt like. These kids were coming to school with immense amounts of baggage, he said. I wished I'd wish teaching on my worst enemy right now. Ouch. <laughs> um, so... Uh, today we're going to be talking about the the issues that teacher face teachers face in high schools and uh, schools starting up here again and uh, it's important that we recognize the difficulties that teachers are facing and specifically as Christians how we can help these teachers. My guests today are Jennifer Qualvik. Uh, she's a Mira Mesa High School teacher who started a ministry called Apples for Teachers. Uh, Janelle Meehan, who's from Clark Middle uh, School, uh, she's been teaching for 15 years. And Camilo Perez, who is, um, his, his technical title is student advocate. He is currently at Hoover High School, but he's been a student advocate uh, at San Diego High School and Hoover High School for 12 years now. And uh, I just want to welcome you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And, and uh, Janelle, also, thank you for being here. Thanks, and uh, and Camilo. And uh, thank you. Uh, Janelle and Jennifer are in studio with me. Camilo is on the phone here. And uh, now, uh, Jennifer, you, you've taught for or you've been involved in education for 17 years. And the past five, you've actually been teaching at Mira Mesa High School. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Now, um, we're coming up on a break here. When we come back, Jennifer um, has founded, three years ago, founded a ministry called Apples for Teachers, which has as its goal to lift up teachers in uh, the public schools and specifically to really reach out to Christian teachers and encourage them. So we're going to be right back, and we'll talk more about all these issues. I'll talk a little bit more about uh, why I'm running for the uh, Grossmont Union School Board. And uh, so stay with us. It's going to be a very uh, great show, lots to talk about and lots to encourage you and uh, show how you can get involved in making a difference in our schools. Stay with us. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Maine and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will cast Thanks for listening today. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and I am running for office. If you heard the last segment, um, I'm running for the Grossmont Union High School Board. If you'd like to support my campaign, then uh, I would love your support. Elections are coming up in November. My uh, website for that campaign is kevinconover.com. That's C-O-N-O-V-E-R. My guests today are Jennifer Qualvik. She is uh, f- uh, the founder of Apples for Teachers, uh, Janelle Meehan, who is a Clark Middle School teacher, 15 years, and Camilo Perez, who is a student advocate, uh, and he'll tell us more about what exactly he does um, at, at uh, public high schools here in San Diego. Jennifer, um, what caused you to decide three years ago, what motivated you, you to get involved with uh, this ministry? You started Apples for Teachers, and, and what is uh, the ministry all about? Um, I was volunteering at The Rock, and, um, uh, you know, they say to listen to that small, still, quiet voice, and it was very, very clear that day um, when the Lord decided to talk to me about coming up with a ministry for Christian teachers who are teaching in the public school system, um, taking that it's a battlefield out there and all of the things that we face every day, day in and day out. And so I took that and I went to the hospitality center and asked, you know, what do I need to do to start a new ministry? And at that time, the eyes of the people there at the booth got really big and they were like, you're kidding. That sounds amazing. Well, immediately somebody came up to me and said, we do not have a ministry for that yet. Thinking, because we have so many ministries at yeah. the Rock Church, thinking there's probably already something out there. Well, there wasn't. So apparently that had my name on it and uh, decided, okay, how do I get started with this? And within days, I had people emailing me, taking me through the training. Um, there's several things that you have to go through in order to start a ministry. And that's just to make sure that you're being held accountable sure. to really follow through and not just be a fly-by-night ministry. I met with pastors, you know, about what our goal and what our mission was going to be. So, um, and it started from there. And by this, this came to me in October through uh, God's divine word. And by January, we had our ministry up and running. That's incredible. And, uh, and had a conference four months later. You were two years uh, into teaching when you started that. Yes. So, you know, the article I read, um, do those issues resonate with you, what, you're, what you heard in that article? It does. And as you were speaking, I was kind of like shaking my head going, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's all true. And 
as far as the the difficulties and the struggles, but the the passion that I have for students, it's like regardless of those things, I would not give up my job for anything. I absolutely adore my job. I adore the kids. I form a relationship with them. We do things, you know, after school. We do stuff on the weekend. I have three clubs. So I really enjoy what I'm doing. You know, so in a way, sometimes that's different from a lot of the teachers, you know, um, that are doing it as a job to make a living. And there's just... And it's a little bit different because I teach um, college career and technical education classes. Okay. So I am not quite as accountable to all of the standards, the common core. You have a little I'm more teaching career classes, so yeah. I have a little bit more creativity, and I think that makes a difference as well. Sure, sure. Now, um, what was it you were seeing in the schools, or what was going through your mind when you, you know, th- this piqued your interest to specifically start a ministry to help uh, the Christian school teachers, the, the public school teachers. I'm being sorry, a, not Christian school, but public school, Christian teachers in public schools. Right. Yeah. Well, being a Christian myself and yeah. being a teacher, it was like, how far can I go to express my religious freedom? Mm. And what can students take away? Like, what is their religious, you know, um, freedom in school? And I honestly did not even know myself. And yeah. so I actually had to do research myself to find out because at, at what point are you crossing the line? Sure. So, sure. So, yeah, it, it was a learning process for me as well, you know. And so our first few meetings, I think, was bringing teachers together and talking about it and getting some paperwork together to say, what are our legal rights? Yeah. And we connected with Gateways to Better Education, um, Christian Educators International Association, got together with them, mm-hmm. which is why we had a conference so quickly, like five months later, yeah. and had them come and speak at our at our conference, letting teachers know. These are your rights, and you have a lot more rights than you think you do. Sure, And the students do as well, and it's just, yeah. So really, the word came from God to do this, but I didn't have a lot of armor at that time Mm -hmm. to continue on. So I had to learn myself. (laughs) Now, Janelle, how did you get involved with Apples for Teachers and with Jennifer? Um, Well, I've been working in City Heights for um, well over a decade, and Uh I was, like many of the teachers that you read about in that article, just tired. It It was tough. It was hard. I was weary every morning when I woke up, and I was bone tired when I got home. And, um... When I saw that there was a ministry for teachers and they were having a conference, I'm like, okay, it's my summertime and I don't have time and I've got my family, but I need to do this because something isn't working for me. Yeah. So I went to this conference and that was in um, summer of 2014 and I learned everything that I could do. I didn't have to keep God out of schools like I thought. I thought that, you know, there was a separation there and so I can be a Christian on Sundays and I can be a Christian in private, but I certainly could not do that when I walked onto campus. Mm. So learning what I learned from that conference just about what my rights are and how I can absolutely practice my faith um, at my school. I can be a Christian at my public school. Um, That made a huge difference in me personally and how I interacted with the students and after that conference, um, after I felt more empowered, um, I think that my teaching has gotten a lot more invigorated. I've I've become more filled, and I love my job even more than I did the first three or four years. Wow! Huh? Um, I, I so miss so explain that. that. How mm-hmm. how did that knowledge all of a sudden? You said you felt more invigorated. Your teaching became more. Uh, you know, invigorating. Mm-hmm. How did that work? Why, why is that the case? I think for the first twelve years, I didn't even let myself think uh, think anything about Christ while I was working. Mm-hmm. 
like in my head, I put my block up because I can't be a Christian at school is what I thought. So after learning what my rights are, I realized, you know what, when I tell my students at the beginning of the year, you know, my name is Mrs. Meehan and I've been teaching here this long, I was allowed to say I am a Christian. One of the things I do in my spare time is I have Bible studies and I'm allowed to say that. That is my legal right. And for me, just to be able to say that, it made everything fall in place. Mm. Um, and then being able to say that my students, many of my students are Christians, but they had the same belief that they had to leave that behind when they walked out of the gate. So I had a lot stronger connections to many of my students mm-hmm. because all of a sudden they realized, wait, that's okay. I yeah. can I can bring those beliefs in with me at school. So everything just became so much richer. Um, and I was no longer so beaten down and so tired at the end of the day. Yeah. Because everything fell into place. Because you're driven by a passion. Yes, uh, that absolutely. You know, um, hey, God has called me here to minister to these kids, mm-hmm. and I'm free to do that freely. And, and uh, th- those bonds that you feel are holding you back. Um, Gone. Yeah, you can really minister to them in a, in a much more deep way. Yes. Um, my my other guest on the show today is Camilo Perez, and he has been a student advocate for 12 years. Uh, Camilo, can you tell us what is a student advocate? Um, we've got about uh, two minutes left here before a break, but what is a student advocate, and uh, how did you get involved in this uh, area in the high school? Well, actually, I was a business major in college, mm-hmm. and once I graduated, I realized the business world – wasn't somewhere I wanted to be. So I started to get involved in, at my church, the youth groups, the children's ministries. I did tutoring for public schools. I got involved with uh, being a, a, a substitute teacher and kind of started to feel like this is where I feel like God wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And one day on a, a, uh, a long-term assignment at San Diego High, the principal called me in and asked me if I wanted to fill a position there which was a student advocate position. I now, this was a somewhat a somewhat new position because you're not really technically a school counselor and you're not a teacher. Is that right? That's correct. I'm not a teacher. I wasn't a school counselor. It's a support staff position. And I jumped on the opportunity when he offered it, and I've just been running with it since. And when it came into fell in my lap, I just felt like this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. And ever since then, uh, I just love what I do. In my role, I think it varies from student advocate to student advocate, but my role has been generally supporting students, connecting students to resources, whether it's on campus or off campus, mm-hmm. addressing attendance concerns and issues, going to the homes, visiting with parents, visiting with students, pulling kids out of class and talking about issues that they might be struggling with, be on campus, off campus, at home. Uh, what have you? So you have a very a very wide uh, variety there as far, far as you know what you're being asked to do. I guess in a way, yeah, it's pretty involved, and but you know it's something that I really like doing. And yeah. I just well, I want to. I have uh, some questions for you about that. I want to talk more about that. But um, we're coming up on a break here, and uh, my guest today is Jennifer Qualvik. She is. A teacher. She's been teaching for five years now, working in education for 17 years. She started a ministry called Apples for Teachers. If you're interested, the website is sdrock.com forward slash ministries forward slash apples for teachers. We're gonna we're gonna get her a, a more simplified website sometime soon, hopefully here. So, but uh, for, I'll repeat that for, uh, again and again here. And so, um, stay with us. We're gonna find out what's the difference between a student advocate and a school counselor. We'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. 
Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more stalling. I hear you calling me. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and I am running for office. If you've been listening to uh, the, the past few segments here, I'm running for Grossmont Union High School Board, and you can support my campaign at kevinconover.com. Now, what does a school board member do? You might, be, you might be wondering that. What is that all about? Well, school board members, the goal is to establish a shared vision for the schools that they represent, which reflects a consensus of the board community and the district staff. School board does a lot of different things, but that includes adopting annual budgets, issuing interim financial reports, adopting the school calendar, negotiating contracts with employees, uh, including the hiring of superintendents, and approving curriculum materials and closing or constructing schools. I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher for 10 years, and um, I, my goal is to uh, help the, the teachers, the administrators, the parents, and the students to really um, raise kids up to really uh, get educated well, be in a safe environment where they don't have to be concerned about what's happening around them. Um, I remember one time in my school, and uh, I went to Point Loma High School, and uh, the teacher was trying to get control of the class, and uh, she had a gavel, and she was uh, smashing the gavel on the table, but nobody was paying attention. And I was sitting in the front of the class, and this was an older teacher, probably in her 60s or so, um, and she... She wasn't, and fine. She had a, the paper, the plastic paper holders on her desk, and uh, she decided to smash the paper holders with her gavel. And uh, she was smashing. I don't know if this is ever. Have you ever done something like that? No. No. no? Okay. Good. You're good teachers. So uh, she smashed these paper file holders and fi- finally got everybody's attention. Now, here's what's really funny, though. The following week, she no longer had the paper file holders. Right. So she's, she's trying to get the students' attention. Finally, I'm sitting there watching this happen. She falls off of her chair onto the floor and kind of shakes a little and then it is stopped moving. But the class kept talking. And uh, she finally looks up and goes, you wouldn't even care if I was dying. So 
<laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't know how often that happens. Uh, it didn't happen very often in, in my high school uh, life. But uh, still, teaching can be frustrating at times. Um, I think any teacher who's taught for any amount of time knows that. Uh, there are difficulties you face. Um, and sometimes, you know, some people would say that those difficulties are increasing. Now, uh, my guests today, uh, Jennifer Qualvik, uh, Janelle Meehan, and Camilo Perez, uh, Camila, we we ended the last segment by uh, talking about a student advocate versus a school counselor. Now, you're a student advocate. What's the difference between a student advocate and a school counselor? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of overlap between what I do and what counselors do. I do have a, I, a educational background in uh, school counseling. I have a master's. And uh, a lot, you know, if you look at a job description for a counselor, I mean, it's a, it's a long list. And, and if you looked at, if you wanted to get detailed information, you know, that they, they can talk to you forever about what their role is. But generally speaking, some of the things that I don't do that a counselor might do involves college and career counseling, scheduling courses, um, doing uh, counseling with students and, and that sort of thing. So uh, a lot, like I mentioned, a lot of the things that I do overlap with what a counselor does. Now, um, can a student, uh, because you're a student advocate and you're really you're really there for the student. Um, is the student able to convey information to you that maybe they wouldn't convey to somebody else? Is that how that works, or wh- what's happening there? You know, a student can go to any adult on campus and and talk about whatever concerns they may have, and and the the adults on campus are obliged to, you know, keep that between them and the student. Sure. It's what's called confidentiality. And absolutely, students come to me on a regular basis and talk about the different concerns that they might have. Yeah. It's, it's somebody to go to when they're, when they're feeling like, man, I don't know who to talk to about the different things I'm dealing with in life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now, um, Jennifer and Janelle, uh, when you're in what you're trying to achieve here, mm-hmm. um, is the focus more on teachers or is the focus more on students or or is it just a, a mutual focus on, on both or how does that work? That's a very interesting question, actually. Um, the main focus was on teachers. And now as we're moving along, and I think Janelle can actually speak on this a little bit because of some of the recent experiences that she's had, but now we need to focus on students and students knowing what their rights are because it's amazing how many do not know that they can literally, they can pray in class. Mm-hmm. They can use the Bible or they can use God in their essays or in their reading materials. And again, I'll let Janelle speak on that because she's actually kind of going through that right now. But um, we need to reach out to both. It should be a mutual thing. Yeah. Um, our meetings are for teachers, but I've actually, to a couple of our meetings, brought a couple of students from our Christian club to talk about what it's like to be a Christian student oh, in great. a public school school system yeah i love that yeah yeah um now I, I i was looking on your website and you put here um uh you just had a meeting august 9th is that correct that is correct yeah and so at those meetings what goes on at those meetings what what uh what do you discuss what's the well for instance at this last meeting you know yeah. i always try to have an agenda of what we're going to be talking about and um Instead of having a conference this summer, this was the first summer that we didn't have a conference, Uh um, we decided to do a service project. And um, hopefully I'll get to talk about that because we're collecting educational supplies. So we talked a lot about that. But we also want to be able to cater to what the needs are of the teachers. And one of the needs that's really been coming out is elementary school teachers and how do they deal with being a Christian teacher 
how do they reach to the students? Because it's elementary school. It's not like the students themselves can run a Bible club, mm. which they're allowed to do. Yeah. It, it can't be student-driven at that point. So how does a grade school teacher find out who the Christian parents are? How can she reach out to them legally? Um, so she, she was talking about this teacher that was at the meeting how can she get support and what can we what can we have at our next meeting that might help support that so so then what i do is i take that and then start working on what kind of a speaker can i get that can talk help her mm-hmm. and so our next meeting in september september 13th which i'm hoping to be able to track some teachers um is to find out how elementary school teachers can get support because it's a little bit different than on the level of junior high middle school sure. and high school sure that's great yeah so we try to support our teachers and kind of listen to what maybe it is they need the next time okay and janelle you were uh jennifer was saying that you can really speak to the issue of what a student is allowed to do and so forth um what has been your experience there uh, well i had an experience at the end of this past school year um when i was talking to some students in the club they i asked you know how how did this club help you during school this year and then they said things like you know i felt like i could talk about anything i needed to here at this club mm-hmm. because i didn't feel like my comments about religion were welcome on other places and one said a, stu- a teacher had told this person that you know god didn't exist there was no evidence of it yeah um another teacher said that god really didn't have any place in public schools and so she she didn't know what to do with that she certainly wasn't going to approach those teachers and say hey, you know, I'm the president of the Bible Club. I don't think that's right. So being able to talk with these students and letting them know that actually you can say something to them. You are allowed to. Yeah. Um, Because my job as a teacher, I think, isn't just to fill me up. It's to make sure that the students are filled up, too. And that's what the Apples for Teachers ministry has done is by letting me learn about what my rights are. I can make sure that the students know what their rights are. And that just sets them free as well. That lets them just go, you know, be blessed with all of the things that he's provided for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're coming up on a break here, and I want to ask, um, you know, uh, where where is that line drawn uh, as far as what a person is allowed to talk about and what they're not allowed to talk about, and how do you, uh, you know, how do you know so much about these? Uh, where did you get this information? And, and uh, you know, some people would say, hey, separation of church and state, uh, you know, kids can't talk about this, teachers can't talk about this, and sort of stuff. And uh, if somebody wants to get more information about that, that's that's a, a pressing issue also. So uh, my guests today are Jennifer Qualvik. She's uh, uh, been involved in education for 17 years, started a ministry, Apples for Teachers, three years ago. If you'd like to get involved, sdrock.com slash ministry slash Apples for Teachers. And um, uh, love to for you to attend their meeting. You said September 13th, right? Mm-hmm. Next meeting is on September 13th. And uh, you can email her or contact her on the website there. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. 
Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing wrong. Cause we were taught that too. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and uh, I've been repeating this over and over again. I am running for office. I just really want people to be aware. I'd love to have your support. Um, basically, the support that you can donate uh, or, or contribute on my uh, website, kevinconover.com, that um, money goes directly towards getting the word out to people uh, about my campaign that I'm running. Uh, none of that money goes towards me. I'm, I'm not getting paid for that or anything. So um, I am just very passionate about education as are my guests today. Um, I believe that the, 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 this is a quote that's attributed to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, the philosophy of the, the students in one generation, right, becomes the philosophy of the government in the next. And so the reality is, is uh, whatever these kids are learning in the classroom, uh, what, they, what they think, how they think, how well they're educated, all um, is going to affect the future of our country, our, our towns, our uh, communities, and uh, those people end up being our mayors and our, our policemen and everybody else. And so um, very important. Education is so critically important. And uh, when we left off last segment, uh, Jennifer, I was asking you and, and Janelle, I was asking you, uh, where did you get all this information about what's legal and what's not? I'm sure a lot of principals, teachers and students are nervous about being sued. I actually interviewed um, a gentleman, Nate Landis on the air not too long ago who just was involved in a, a huge lawsuit mm-hmm. um, because a kid, a Jewish kid, accidentally uh, was uh, – basically he felt that he was forced to be involved in a Bible club. It was completely um, – you know, misunderstanding, mm-hmm. but basically a lot of people are nervous. They're like, Hey, I just want to avoid this altogether. Uh, so why don't we just, like you were saying, Janelle, you said, I just forced myself not to talk about Jesus. Whenever I came to, to school, I just exited out as an option. So can you share with our listeners, um, you know, where you've gotten the knowledge that you have? So, um, again, it's always a learning process for me. Um, A lot of the resources that we use, in fact, they're on our website. We do um, pull information from the um, Christian Educators Association International. There's a lot of things on their website that you can actually send for and um, legal documents that we've had sent a lot of information we've gotten from uh, Gateways to a Better Education. And along with that, and it's it's such a great um, tool, and it has everything in a nutshell, and it's these small pamphlets, Free to Speak. And it has on there um, literally seven of the main issues and the freedoms that children as well as teachers have in the schools. Um, I can go through those yeah, if you'd I, like. I, I'd love you to read those um, off for our, for our listeners. I think they... And, and, and these are guidelines. Um, it says here these guidelines are quoted from the U.S. Department of Education's document on students and teachers' civil liberties. Number one, you can pray, read your Bible, or other religious materials, and talk about your faith in school. Number two, you can organize your prayer groups and religious clubs and announce your meetings. Number three, you can express your faith in your classwork and homework. 
And that a lot of teachers do not realize. Number four, your teachers can organize prayer groups with other teachers, which I have done myself. Oh, no, that's an interesting one. A lot of people might, might uh, teachers might not realize that at all, that, okay, hey, we can get together and have our own little teacher, teacher to teacher. Duty free uh, lunch. Duty free lunch before school, after school. You can have Bible studies or you can have prayer meetings. Wow, that's awesome. Absolutely. Number five, you may be able to go off campus to have religious studies during school hours. Number six, you can express your faith at a school event. Number seven, you can express your faith at your graduation ceremony. So there, and then each one of these on this small pamphlet that you can get from Gateways to Better Better Education has a whole explanation of what each one of those means in detail. detail. So there's like, wait, what do you mean? You know, so you can really read up on that. So it's materials like that that we give our teachers that come to the meetings that they can use, utilize. Um, We're actually hoping that maybe we can get enough of these to be able to hand out to Christian clubs at our schools so that the kids can hand them out to each other because the students don't know that they have rights. You know, as we let the teachers know, the students, we need to let the students know. Um, And then one of the books that my ministry uses is Christian Teachers in uh, Public Schools by Julia Strunks and Gloria Strunks. And it's a great book. So if they're Christian. Can you repeat that one more time? Yes, I will. Um, Christian Teachers in Public Schools by Julia Strunk and Gloria Strunk. Okay. So if there's Christian teachers out there who would like to have a book, and I've got many pages, you know, folded over and resources and highlights and things like that, it's it's full of stories and it's full of facts and it's full of, it has all the legal documents in there too that you can refer to, um, you know. That's great. Yeah, it, it is. It's a great resource. And that's what we, our, kind of our book that we use in our ministry. Yeah. Now, as Christians, um, you know, we believe fundamentally that that uh, the Bible ultimately is the source of all life uh, as far as, you know, well-being and life. Uh, Christ said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so these kids, these young kids in the schools, a lot of them um, are suffering in the sense that, okay, they can't they can't hear about Christ in the schools. And so this is just some alternatives for allowing that to take place and what the legal rights, the constitutional rights are regarding that. And uh, I I noticed that's also uh, authored or at least uh, produced by the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, Ito, in your experience, uh, are you allowed to um – uh, or how does that play out for you as a student advocate? Um, do kids ever talk to you about religion or about God or what they believe or or uh, their involvement in church or anything like that? I'm not as knowledgeable as Jennifer and Janelle when it comes to the laws and you know what my rights are. Sure, it's, it's certainly something I want to uh, learn more about. Yeah, but you know, there over the twelve years that I've been in education, I you know there's been a handful at least handful of times where I've been approached. Uh, about that um, topic, you know, there was one situation some years ago where a student who was going to take a biology test, and she knew I was a Christian, and she's a Christian, and she approached me about how she should respond to the idea of evolution, mm. and so we kind of mm-hmm. talked through that a little bit, and given that it wasn't her belief, so you know, there's there's some there have been some occasions where they will approach me and even ask me for prayer. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, if they're asking me for prayer, then, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll respond to that. But it's not something that I'll uh, sure. put in their face or, or reach out to them about. 
Yeah. So, and that's completely legal for him to pray for a student like that and everything. Absolutely. As yeah. long as it's initiated by the student, that is absolutely legal, you know, and then anything, and then in his approach or reproach to not be persuasive. Sure. You know, but can't to, be proselytizing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he is freedom. I mean, that's what the First Amendment says, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Congress shall make no law respecting an, an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So just because a, a teacher or a, pa- or a student walks onto a public school campus, it's not of all, uh, as if all of a sudden they've stepped onto secular grounds and that part of America must be strictly secular. You cannot talk about mm-hmm. God or Jesus, uh, right? That constitutionally, it doesn't say that. So, exactly. Um, uh, my, I have a ministry also uh, called Educate for Life, uh, and uh, it's all about uh, really it's it's uh, defending the biblical claims to reality about God and everything else. Uh, if you're listening and that's something you're interested in, educateforlife.org. I've developed a full curriculum, online curriculum for that very that very uh, issue. Uh, but what what my guests today here are here talking about is. Uh, what's happening in the public schools, supporting public school teachers, uh, Christians specifically, and also supporting um, Christian students and letting them know, hey, um, you have the freedom to be a Christian on your campus. Uh, and that's Apples for Teachers, uh, Jennifer Qualvik and uh, Janelle uh, Meehan. And um, their website, again, is sdrock.com minish, uh, forward slash ministries forward slash apples for teachers. Uh, please get involved with them. Uh, they have meetings uh, every month. Is that correct? Yes. The oh. second Tuesday of every month. The second Tuesday of every month. And uh, the next one coming up is September 13th. Love to have you get involved and support what they're doing. I think it's incredible. We have one more segment left. And I'm going to read a very, very interesting article by uh, a man who is the foremost expert Uh, on this issue in uh, the state of California. We'll be right back. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will cast my cares on you You're the anchor of my hope The only one who's in control 
Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and uh, as I've said uh, the previous four segments, I am running for office, specifically the Grossmont Union High School Board, and uh, it's going really good so far. Um, I've raised a lot of support and uh, been endorsed uh, by uh, multiple people. California Senator Joel Anderson has uh, endorsed me, as well as the mayor of El Cajon, the mayor of Santee, and uh, a bunch of other people. So uh, feeling very blessed. Uh, you can support my campaign. Love to have your support at kevinconover.com. And uh, that will ensure that uh, I'm able to get on the board and uh, be a, a force uh, for a, a positive influence on that board and help them make good decisions when it comes to uh, students and parents, making sure the schools are safe and so forth. Um, and I wanted to pick up this segment here and start off by giving Jennifer, my guest today, Jennifer Qualvik of Apples for Teachers, uh, the opportunity to talk about the service project that you put together. Thank you very much. Um, in the past, uh, we, we like to think of just not only servicing us as teachers ourselves and the students, but also be able to help other groups and help children in other parts of the world. Yeah. So right now we have a service project going on where we're collecting educational supplies, specifically backpacks, soccer balls, um, small School supplies, pencils, uh, colored pencils, crayons, markers, things like that, paper. Um, and it's for two ministries, other ministries that are at the Rock Church, one of them being the Hope Collective, um, where they are supporting um, students, Syrian refugee students who are trying to get an education in oh, Jordan. Fantastic. And um, so they we, they have a group of people going at Christmas time to Nepal to actually deliver whatever supplies we collect. Wow, that's so great. In addition to that, we also have a short uh, missionaries um, ministry called the Believer's World. And they are also going to be taking some educational supplies over um, to, uh, sorry, they're going to Nepal. Okay. And they're going to be taking supplies over there as well. That's so, great. So we have two two groups going. One going over to Jordan uh, for the Syrian refugee children, and then another group for the Syrian children over at Jordan. Okay. And how, if people want to donate or give to that, what's the best? Is it the, the website? Go to the website? They can go to the website. And we're also going to be in the lobby of the Rock Church um, all day and the evening service, September 11th. We will have a table there where people can just drop off the supplies. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to uh, make sure that I got this article in. It's an incredible article. Uh, this is uh, it's called "Addressing the Hole in Whole Child Education." Uh, this is by Eric Bureer, and I'm not going to read the whole article. I don't have time. Uh, but uh, his ministry is Gateways to Better Education. If you really want to find out more about the issue of uh, what's legal and what's not legal, uh, it's incredible. Um, I actually interviewed him maybe a year ago, and uh, the stuff he told me I, I was just blown away by. But listen to a little bit of this article, what he writes here. He said, more and more educators are seeing the importance of addressing not only the intellectual and physical needs of students, but also their emotional, social, and health needs. However, what is missing in the current dialogue about whole child education are ideas for addressing the spiritual needs of students. However, school needs to, uh, it goes on here, it says, schools need to look at the issue in another way. Engaging students' existing religious orientation as a learning asset to help them succeed academically and behaviorally. Religion is a powerful force in helping students succeed, and schools are doing themselves a disservice if they ignore this force in their students' lives. 
And then he goes on uh, and he talks about how um, supporting a kid's religious perspective actually will help them achieve academic goals. And uh, he quotes a bunch of um, secular studies that have been done on this issue. Dr. Willem Jaynes of California State University, Long Beach, in his research, which involved 4,458 students on the effects of religious commitment on the academic achievement of urban and other children, found this. The results indicate that religiously committed urban children perform better on most academic measures than their less religious counterparts, even with controlling for socioeconomic status, race, and gender. In another report, Dr. Jaynes analyzed 11 studies involving over 50,000 students to determine whether there is a relationship between Bible knowledge on the one hand and academic and behavioral outcomes on the other among those living in urban areas. Here's what he concluded. The results indicate that increased Bible knowledge is associated with high levels of student academic achievement and positive behavioral patterns. The journal Mental Health, Religion, and Culture in 2007 published a study involving over 7,500 children. The study entitled The Relationship Between Family, Religious Behaviors, and Child Well-Being Among Third-Grade Children concluded this. Family attendance at religious or spiritual programs was significantly correlated with improved child health, vocabulary, vocabulary, excuse me, there's my vocabulary, right? reading, math, and social skills. Okay, I'm almost done here. Two researchers at the University of Notre Dame's Institute for Latino Studies published a report entitled Religion Matters, Predicting School Success Among Latino Youth. Findings indicate that Latino students who actively attended church or who saw their religious faith as very important to their lives achieved higher grades in school, stayed on track in school, had less trouble with teachers, other students, and homework, and identified with school more strongly than did other Latino students. Religious practice was especially important for the educational success of Latino youth living in impoverished neighborhoods. Um, Janelle, I, I, I've seen you nodding your head over here. Uh, what do you? What's your reaction to that? That those findings? None of that is surprising at all, and it's um, it's just frustrating because I know that, and I think everyone here knows that. But for some reason, secular world does not want to believe that. Yeah. Despite what the studies show, they they don't want to believe that teaching students that their religion is okay, that being Christian in school is okay. It's actually what's best for them. It's what's good for them. Um, and it's actually what schools were initially set up for. The Northwest Ordinance of 1787 said that religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to government and the happiness of mankind, schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. We we need to teach these things. And um, the data shows it. Yeah, absolutely. Camilo, and you're, what, can, you, can you speak to that? What's your feeling in regards to that issue? You know, I see a lot of hurt, a lot of emotional trauma and, and over the years and uh, I would I would love to see families and kids being able to uh, you know turn to God and, and and just get some help from him you know so yeah. Yeah, you know, I, you know what my my issue is is you know nobody's trying to force anybody to be a particular religion. Uh, all all we want to do is say, hey, um, here's an idea, here's hope, here's an opportunity, and uh, here we are in this country which espouses religious freedom, which was mm-hmm. founded on Christian principles and, and the Bible, and yet uh, what's been ha- what's happened somehow is uh, God and that opportunity to receive help from Him has been pushed away, kind of locked away outside of the public schools. And when you have ninety percent of the kids going to public schools, um, it does get to be frustrating to say, "Hey, here we have the solution for a lot of these kids." 
nobody wants to force it on anybody. But is it right for us not to uh, allow them to at least have the opportunity to explore the hope uh, that Jesus Christ has to offer? Boy, I, I don't know. It, it seems like a no-brainer to me, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so, I agree. Uh, you know, I want to thank you guys so much for being on the show today. I really respect and appreciate what you're doing. Um, I, I think there's probably not a ministry uh, that has a greater need than to than to be moving into the into the schools and reaching out and offering hope. Um, I'll end with one quick story. I had a kid. I teach at a Christian school. I had a kid come from a public school, and he told me, uh, young young black kid, he, he was a senior. He told me if I if I had stayed at my school, I would probably be dead. Uh, the crowd he was running with, his best friend was killed at a school. And this isn't to say. Uh, anybody's bad. This isn't to say public school kids are bad. It's not to say public school teachers are bad. It's not to say administrations are bad. It's to say, hey, you know what? We need to start thinking outside of the box here, the box that we've been uh, uh, kind of programmed into, kind of like what you were saying, Janelle. I, I, when I got to the public school, I just shut Jesus out. And we need to begin to open that door and say, hey, you know what? We need to find some alternatives here to rescue kids from the d- difficult situations they're in and to make the teaching environment a better one. And you know what? There's one more thing that I just want to say, because us as Christian teachers, I feel that we have an obligation to to show God's light through what we do and what we teach. And just by doing that, kids look at us as being understanding, yeah. as being a, a almost a parent figure in a way. Yeah. Um, a lot of my kids call me Mama K, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's because I will sit and listen to them. That's and, awesome. you know, and I think that's important for Christian teachers to make sure they show God's light through them so that students know gee why are you always so happy or why why are you why do you care about us you know and that opens up that door too saying Absolutely. you know what this i'm doing what god wants me to do that's you know and that simple conversation can honestly you know that's, raise uh, some awareness thank you so much jennifer qualvik that's apples for teachers sdrock.com slash ministry slash apples for teachers uh please get involved thanks for joining us today we will see you next week this is kevin conover signing off did you miss part of today's program don't worry we're committed to helping you get the info you need okay that was dumb but for real visit educateforlife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the school of unshakable faith leave us your comments compliments questions or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email kevcon at educateforlife.com that's k-e-v-c-o-n at educateforlife.com you will always be much more to me Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. But that's all.